We're talking baseball on the 4th of July with Steve Wynn of The Baseball Project. The new album, Grand Salami Time, is just out, and so we talk about the yips, screwballs, and disco demolition. Hey, hey, holy cow, Toledo, you believe they pay us for this? Our last album came out in 2014, that was a third. Yep. And uh, we, like you know, bands do, had the plan to go out and tour, write some new songs, get back in the studio right away, make another record. And uh, we started having some songs, and then um, in a very scary um, turn of events, Scott McCoy had a stroke. It was well, oh boy. well, yeah. well publicized. He he was on tour actually with Peter and Linda um, in a band backing Alejandro Escovedo, and he right. um, collapsed on tour, and he had to kind of um, work hard to get back to full rocking mode, which is where he's at right now. So we, oh, you know, that was yeah. okay. Obviously. Think little trivial things like making records took a backseat for a while. Yeah. And then finally, in 2019, we said, okay, now, Scott, you're feeling good. We're writing songs. Let's go in the studio next year in 2020. Of course, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a couple, a, couple, a couple minor setbacks. But finally, last year, uh, May of last year, we booked some studio time with the great Mitch Easter of Less Active and also... Right. Known, known for producing the first two REM records. And uh, yep. we booked time in his studio in North Carolina. The five of us went down there and we had a blast. It was great. Yeah, so I love the fact, uh, baseball, to me, baseball and rock and roll are kind of different flip sides of the same coin. I don't know why, but it just ma makes me feel the same way about thinking about baseball, especially with all tradition and stuff. And you you guys touch yeah. on all that stuff during these, these songs here. I mean, yeah. um, so... Tell me how, when you reconvened finally to get this record together, what did you guys talk about? What, how did you approach the record? Well, the same way we always do. I mean, Scott and I each write the, the, the bulk of the songs and Mike Mills right. wrote one of the new records. So, you know, we, you know, we, we um, it is a, di a very different kind of band, obviously, because in normal bands, you don't, you know, you don't approach it like which players are we going to write about, which pitches we're going to write about, which events we can write about. And that is kind of the way it is with this band. So, you know, we want to, we, we go over, you know, Scott might write to me and say, Hey, I've got a song about screwballs and a song about Shohei Otani. And I've got a song about this. I'll say, well, I've got a song about the disco demolition night and then players who get the yips. And, you know, so it, it is a little bit almost like a newspaper editorial board meeting where like, you know, what's your, um, what's your, what's your stories for the morning edition, that kind of thing. But otherwise we're like any other band, you know, I think, I think what we do is very unique because we are, it's rare to have a band where you're writing so much about one particular thing. And that's yep. kind of exciting. But also we are a band like any other band that just, just writes songs about things that move us, that make us feel emotional. And we get to those places via baseball. So yep. for example, the song on the new record journeyman, which I wrote with Peter Buck, it's yep. a song about journeyman, journeyman pitchers who you know, are players who are always on the move and, play for one year with each team, that kind of thing. But let's face it, it's also about the life we live as musicians. It's, it's yep. about going from town I've to town. Always on the road. Yeah. The, always on the road and whatever the next gig is. And every night's a clean slate and you got a job to do because you're supposedly good at it and people want to see you do it. So there you are. I'm a lonely drifter. I go from town to town. I do one thing well. That's why I stick around 
you mentioned the Yips, which is one of the songs that you sing on the record. And uh, for folks who don't know, what are the Yips? <laughs> <laughs> the Yips, and uh, I, I believe, I, I've never quite got the definitive answer if the phrase started with baseball or with golf or with something else. Right. But I, think, I think it began with baseball. And um, it's just that simple thing where you've done something a million times and it's second nature, and all of a sudden one day you can't do it. Famous examples like I have in the song, the yips, the three verses. And each verse is a very specific true story. Verse one is about Steve Sachs with the Dodgers, who was a rookie of the year, a World Series champion, and just one day could no longer throw to first base anymore. 90 feet right, from right. second base to first base, out of the question. He just became an error <laughs> machine. The right. second verse is about Mackie Sasser, the catcher for the Mets, who, you know, just could no longer throw the ball back to the pitcher, not even a high-pressure thing. It's like he couldn't throw the ball to the pitching yep. mound. He was done. Yep. And the yep. third verse is a famous, maybe one of the first ones, was Steve Blass, the pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who in 1971 that was the World Series MVP, was on fire, was the man of the moment, and next year couldn't find the plate. So, you yep. know, these things, we all know them. Everybody has that thing at some point in their life. You know, hey, I've been on stage trying to, you know, play a guitar riff I've played a million times, and all right. of a sudden they go on stage one night, it's like, why won't my fingers move the way they're supposed to move? <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, a, it's a maddening thing because the, it's one of the things, the more you think about it, the worse it gets. So it, I wanted to write a song <laughs> about that. You know, it's, it's, a, it, it's a funny thing about this record. Um, you know, on our past records, most of the songs were about specific players. Right. We'd write about this player, that player. You know, we covered them all. We've, we've, we've hit all the big ones. We've had, we've had Pete Rose and Babe Ruth. We've had, you know, um, lesser knowns like Larry Ant, whatever. This record seems to be, with the exception of a few songs, more about um, events and specific little arcane um, elements of the game. It's a yep, little yep, more yep. of a behind-the-scenes kind of record, I think. Yeah. Well, speaking of behind-the-scenes, you, you get Jim Bouton in there. In his, I remember when yeah. I was 15 when Ball 4 came out. So I was the yeah. perfect age for it. When, you know, me and my buddies, we all read every page over and over again. <laughs> Same here. Same here. Shooting and all this stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that's sucking over with every adolescent boy. Yeah. Like yes. I've, got, I've got my all-star all all game cup of water right here. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm wearing my Yankee shirt. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Have, have you ever met Jim Bowden? I know he's not around anymore, but he... No, I didn't. We, we actually, you know, we um, we've we've kind of made references to him a few times over the years. On um, the first right. record, our first album had a song called Ted Fucking Williams, and that was, <laughs> as as you probably know, a reference to an anecdote in Ball Four. Um, I also wrote a song about the uh, Mike Kekich, Chris Peterson wife swapping, um, as was known. That came also from a Jim Bowden book. So you know, um, right. we've covered a song before, and actually, the songs got to Jim Bowden. And he in the past expressed um, his his um, admiration for the way we you wrote about his yeah. stories. <laughs> he did. And in fact, I'm five feet from where I'm sitting right now, maybe 10 feet, is my autographed copy of Ball Four that he autographed for me. Nice. So, you know, that, nice. that, was, that was him, his way of saying, nice, nicely done guy, you know, things. Yep. So, you know, Scott, Scott wrote that great song in the new album, 64 and 64. And it's right. a beautiful song that he writes about, well, everything for, by his 
his golden years when he started, about the ball four era and how he got ostracized for it, and about the dementia that um that, that overcome weight in life. When the mind goes hollow, when the mind goes In rock and roll, you can write a song about almost nothing. You can write a song about, you know, you know, Louie, Louie, we got to go now, and whatever else going on in that song. You can write a song. You can, you can be very minimal in what you want to say. In the Baseball Project, most of our songs, we're trying to cover a lot of ground in four minutes. I mean, what yep. I just said about Scott's song about Jim Bowden, yep. I'm kind of amazed at how in, in a beautiful, catchy, melodic four-minute song, He's telling the whole story of a very complicated life. You know, well done, yeah. Scott. You know, he did. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, because with, with the songs we write, you can't leave out too much because, you know, um, for example, I wrote a song in the new album called Disco Demolition about the famous uh, White Sox yeah. event. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we're, we're very excited. That's actually going to be our next single and the first oh, video great. we've ever done. It's going to be a Yay. really, really cool video. I'll tell you more about that in a second. But um, okay. we, um, but that song, you know, it's a really complicated issue. I mean, you it. I figure I have to write that song for somebody who's never heard of that event. Right. You have, so you, you'll get it. But I figure, okay, I've got to talk the story about what happened, how it all went down, you know, this, why did they have to do this thing? What was behind it? Why did it go terribly wrong? And why is it a complicated issue? Complicated, it's a horrible issue yeah. this many yep. years later. All that yep. in, in three verses. I got to, I've got to get that all across and find the way, right way to say it. And that's the challenging and fun thing about this band is because you, much like a journalist, you want to, tell the story properly and get, and get yep, it across yep. while, while singing and playing guitar and hopefully something people can sing along with. And um, yeah, so we did a video really excited about this, actually. Um, the, um, it's, yeah. I don't know. You, you probably know it because you obviously are a big baseball fan. The yep. Doc Ellis no, no video from a couple of years back. Did you see that one? The animated one, right? With him talking, we got that guy to do our new video. So the guy who oh, did great. the no, no video, um, <laughs> he, he, he did the, um, he did our I mean, that, video, and we're that very Doc excited. Ellis no hitter is just like one of the great stories, right? I mean, the guy's oh. on acid, and he throws this perfect, you know, this amazing game. In all, fair, in, in, all, in, in all fairness, I shared the stage with many people on acid. So hey, you know, you <laughs> if you're yeah. good at some, if you if you're good at something, you I guess find a way to do it. <laughs> but I wouldn't <laughs> be pitching a no hitter is a little tougher than playing a bunch of rock and roll songs. I'm yep, not saying yep, I've yep. done it. But I know people yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. So go back to the disco demolition, the yeah. whole thing at Kaminsky Park. So it's one of those events that takes on a different, uh, you look at it differently 40, 50 years later. Like I was all for it. I was a hardcore punk rocker in 1979 when it happened. I hated disco. You know, I was <laughs> like, yeah, burn those records. <laughs> and now I, yeah. I feel kind of bad about it. But it, it did kind of put an end to the at least the bad disco that I remember, because there's good and bad in everything. So, good and, and bad I remember, in everything, yeah. Yeah, and I remember interviewing a lot of um, R&B, veteran R&B singers at the time, like James Brown and Wilson Pickett and those guys, and they oh, hated disco. Wow. They hated disco. Mm -hmm. They felt it, like, took everything away from, you know, they 
they didn't understand it, and it, it was looked at as very simplistic and kind of, you know, almost computer generated. So, you know, and then, of course, rock and rollers, we all hated it at the time as well, until Blondie did Heart of Gold, and then we all loved it. <laughs> There's a guy on the radio saying, Disco sucks, doesn't matter to me, but I know what makes you fucks. It's funny how, you know, as much as it was, you know, kind of anathema to the rock and rollers, while you're right, Blondie, the Rolling Stones, David Johansson, I mean, I mean, I'm just scratching. Everybody had their disco. Maybe maybe they're just trying to cash in. But, you know, of course, I was when disco was happening, I was in high school. So, you know, I I wasn't going to the clubs. But you look back now, you hear about things like Studio 54 and what was happening in New York and the more underground side of it. It was really exciting. You know, all this stuff happening. You know, it, it was actually as punk rock as punk rock in its own way. It was yeah. it was a thing against that was going against the establishment. It's making its own kind of scene. And yeah, you know, a lot of stuff that made the airways was kind of pablum, but same thing now, same thing always, you know. For every yeah. for every purple haze you get a Sergeant Barry Sadler, you know that <laughs> you, <laughs> Yes you do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, and yeah. So um so you guys are go- taking this show on the road, aren't you? Or you, you got a tour plan? Well, I wish we were coming to New Zealand. That'd be fun. Well, I wish you were, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we do. We're doing we're doing about thirty shows um, across the U.S. in um, in August and September. Yeah, and it'll be I think I think the longest tour we've ever done, and it's going to be the full. You know, we the thing about the baseball project is um, we have we usually um, have a platoon system. We usually have the um, the, uh, the 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 Mike Mills Peter Buck platoon where each of them right. played bass at various times. But for this record and for the tour, we're the full on five piece: Peter on guitar, Mike on bass, and of course Wind on drums and Scott on guitar, me on yep. guitar. And we're going to go out there, and really, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun because we haven't done this in a while. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, one song and, I want to. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I say it's like it's 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 you know it's funny band because all of, all of us in the band we tour the world quite a bit. All of our bands have toured. You know, I played New Zealand back in '88. Um, oh yeah. With the Dream yep. Syndicate, and I know REM did as well. And have over the years, but it's a hard band to get outside of the states. You know, it's kind of yeah, like sure. we've we ha- we ha- we have played Canada, we have played Japan. You know, and and some places they can and even Italy with the kind of baseball fans, but. You know, I, I'm always the one in the band who would would be quick to say, oh, let's take it around the world. But also I know, like, from playing the songs at my solo shows in Europe, people sometimes look at you when you're singing these things and they think, I really, I love the melody, but I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't even know. Can't who, even, who the heck can't is even, Gaylord Perry? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, we, we have we, we have some songs like Journeyman um, right. and, and a few others that are kind of universal, that the kind of, I think work for a lot of different people. And I've yep. made jokes also that, you know, I, I just finished a European tour last month. I was out by myself and I had a friend of mine um, who a um, friend of actually of the whole band, German guy, who's a um, big music fan, but also a big soccer football fan. Right. And I said, man, you should come to my shows and stand on stage while I'm playing these songs and interject soccer players names into our songs. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> like subtitles, you know, 
you know, you think like, you know, about Mark Pitchers, you can go Maradona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here it's rugby. Rugby is everything. I want to talk about the song Stuff because uh, I think Mike Mills is singing it and it's yeah. kind of about doctoring the pitch. And, and of course, baseball yeah. is rife with those. I remember the pine tar incident when it happened. And it was, I mean, that, you know, it was like wild, man. So tell me a little bit about what you can tell me about that song, how it came about. I've got something up my sleeve. I've got stuff where you wouldn't believe From the bill of my cap to the tongue of my shoe My third baseman knows what to do He's got stuff Oh yeah, you know that one, um, Mike, Mike wrote that song and he sings it. We were, um, one of the fun things we get to do in the baseball project is we go to spring training um, every so often and we'll do we'll do spring training tours which is you know yeah a way of promoting our band and our record but to be honest it just means we get to go to a lot of games and have some fun yeah 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 and we and, and we were we, we went down for a spring training tour of florida about 10 years ago nine ten years ago and um we went to the game with um a pitcher named lenny denaro pitched for the red sox relief pitcher um won a couple championships so he was right. you know good, good, good solid pitcher and he's a fan of the band he's a he's a rocker he's a Right. guitar collector so he's um become a big buddy of ours so we saw a game with him and at one point mike said okay lenny like how many people out there right now are doctoring the baseball or messing with the baseball and lenny said oh about 70 percent oh yeah is he kidding he said he said yeah i'd say a rough estimate 70 percent wow and then yeah. mike heard you know we heard that we said oh my god the things we things we don't know as civilians and yep. I think from that point, Mike Mike started thinking, okay, I'm going to write a song about the, um, you know, everything about, you know, yep. messing with the baseball. But like <laughs> you said, there's always been going. I mean, it's a funny thing because you know, baseballs. I guess like 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 lots of things, like like so many things in life. There's certain elements, the playfulness of what can you get away with, what's yeah, yeah. permitted, what's yep. what's coloring outside the lines, and you know, yep. scuffing up a baseball with you know with your belt buckle. You know, people have done that. Maybe that's cool. Maybe, maybe the spider tack thing is not cool. You know, what is what is permitted, what is not? Um, yep. Having having drinking drinking a thermos of coffee or, you know, taking a bun, you know, is fine. But taking steroids isn't. So it's kinda of like, you know, I'm right. not saying yeah. and I'm not I'm not I'm not here defend I'm not here defending spitballs or steroids, but I'm just saying it's a funny yep. game. Yeah. What the Houston Astros did was out and out using technology to cheat. But yep. if you're standing on second base and get a look at the catcher and signal your guy at the plate, that's Smart baseball. So it's a funny yeah, thing that way. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what do you think of the new – this year they installed a bunch of new rules to move the game along and make it more, uh, like, spectator-friendly. What's your opinion about that? Well, you're saying spectator-friendly, and I agree. I think it's just baseball-friendly. I think, yeah, I think you know, yeah. it, it. I think it's just returning the game to the way it was when we grew up yep. or even when the, before we grew up. I mean, it, it's, it's it gotten out of hand. I, I mean, I look, I love baseball – Whatever they put in front of me, if it's a six-hour game, whatever, I'll you know yeah. take, take a lot of breaks. Um, the th funny thing now, actually, and I yes to answer your question, the short versions. I love, I love, I love the pitch clock. I love yep. the bigger bases. I love, yep. I love trying to get rid of the shift. It's, these are all things trying to correct baseball to where it was. So yep. I hate, I hate the ghost runner. That's the only thing. I just that's got to go. But <laughs> otherwise, I'm good with everything. But the funny thing now is, you know, we we've gotten Lin Linda. 
you know, our drummer and my wife, we, yep. we, wa- we watch a lot of baseball and we kind of got in the habit of, you know, we'd put on a game and maybe leave the game in the fifth inning and watch, you know, a TV show, then come back for the ninth inning. We can't do that anymore. The game's like over in a blink of an eye, which I love. Yep. It's like, some, I know. we'll it, throw it, on. Yeah, we'll throw on the Yankees and the Orioles, and by by nine thirty, we'll be watching Ted Lasso or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, two hour games are a beautiful thing. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they give you a life. <laughs> I'll yeah, tell you the thing well, about. I will say this about the shorter games. So we um um for Linda's birthday about three weeks ago. Um, and you know, this this is something you do when your wife is a baseball fan. I took Linda to Pittsburgh for her birthday to go see a Pirates game because right. Um, that's beautiful beautiful park. I know. You probably haven't been there being gone, but the, um, the PNC Park in Pittsburgh park, is no. gorgeous ballpark. And I'd been there and she hadn't. So we're going to get in the car and go to Pittsburgh. And, you know, it's her birthday, so I wanted to get nice tickets. I you know, got some decent seats, paid a little paid a little money. And you're thinking like, oh, my God, I'm putting down some good money to see, for, to, for some good seats for a great event out of town. And this game might be over in two hours. You know? Am I going to get my money's worth? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> so there is I, I, there is that. <laughs> Just eat as many hot dogs as you can in the time, and you'll you be can, all set. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can't you can't go and get hot dogs or beer during the game because you might miss three innings. <laughs> I never thought of that. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, get the well fed. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yep. I I could talk about baseball all day. I I, I got my oh, yeah. here ready to go, and uh, you know, uh-huh. ready to play two at any day. So uh, <laughs> thank you for all of that. <laughs> All right, very good. You got it. You're in, it, the game is in safe hands, as in as is rock and roll. Thank you very much for uh, talking to me. It's been fantastic Fourth of July for me. Okay, and I'll, I'll see you in the fourth in a few hours. And yeah. go Yankees. <laughs>